Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Blind Boys Politics. Nicholas Rod here, and I'm alone this morning for this Monday morning show. Uh, Chris is off this morning. He can't join us today, unfortunately, uh, but he will be back on Wednesday, so no need to fear. But with a lot to get to today, let's move straight into the weather report for today. In Los Angeles, California, it will be clear and 80 degrees today, so good weather there. In Houston, Texas, expect thunderstorms with a high of 93 degrees. In Chicago, Illinois, expect some thunderstorms as well with a high of 83 degrees. And in New York City, expect some scattered showers with a high of 81 degrees. Well, you know, I could... uh, go into what's been going on but honestly since friday and you know with the good news episode yesterday not a lot has really happened um you know it's been yet again a pretty quiet pretty peaceful weekend on my end uh to be honest nothing really too eventful went on um i was hoping to get out and go bowling this weekend but that unfortunately just did not that that didn't really happen so that's a little unfortunate but i do intend to go out bowling sometime soon because honestly i miss it like the last time i went really just made me want to do it more because unbelievably the last time i went bowling i won like i actually won a game of bowling And it wasn't against Chris, which would have been absolutely satisfying, but I haven't had that privilege yet. (laughs) He beats me in bowling, Um, and it's bad because he's also starting to beat me in mini-golf, which I I don't really appreciate. I don't don't like that at all. Um, So we're going to have to settle that here at some point. But I went out bowling uh, back in June. It was the end of June right after graduation and I went bowling with some friends and actually won one of the games. I came in second, the first game, and then amazingly won the second. Uh, It it was an odd feeling. I'm not going to lie. I think it's the first time in my life that I've actually won. So that felt pretty great. And it's just made me want to go more and more lately. The problem is finding someone to go with and you know finding someone to go bowling with me so i've been waiting for that opportunity um but i i want to win again i want to win again because uh it was all it was a lot of fun last time and hopefully i can get on that roll again but uh that unfortunately didn't come to fruition this weekend so i have to continue waiting which i mean gives me something to look forward to at least uh because i'll be honest there's not a whole lot going on right now things are pretty quiet uh not a lot of like you know not a lot of exciting events coming up or going on or anything like that so it's kind of just these little things going bowling and in a month i start college which that sounds crazy to say like it it still just feels weird to say that I'm a high school graduate so to say out loud that I am starting college in a month 
No, 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 no. That just, that is almost too much. I honestly can't believe that I'm actually at this point in my life. Like, time, they say time flies, and that's completely true. Because it feels like just yesterday, I was in, you know, 8th, ninth, 10th grade. And now I'm here. Like, I'm here, I'm starting college and honestly, it's just a crazy feeling, but I'm really excited at the same time. You know, I, I'm pretty sure I said that a couple episodes ago. I am really excited to to start college and to start that adventure. Um, so we'll have to see where you know how that all goes. And of course, once uh, the semester starts, I will definitely <laughs> give an update here on the podcast as to how that's going. I'm sure you all will hear about that at some point. But like I said, there is a decent amount of news to get into this morning. So let's move into our weekly COVID-19 update. With the Delta variant continuing to circulate through the United States, cases are rising and they are rising in places with low vaccination rates. So if you look at, for example, Florida and Texas, two states with some of the lowest vaccination rates uh, across the country right now. They were responsible together for about one-third of the new cases of COVID-19 over the past few weeks. And the seven states with the lowest vaccination rates across the country have been making up about half of the new cases over the past seven days or so. On the vaccination front, about 165 million Americans have been fully vaccinated, and we have reached the mark of 70% of all adults in the U.S. receiving at least one shot, and we have also reached the mark of having 90% of senior citizens with at least one shot, and with 80% of senior citizens being fully vaccinated. Beyond that, with Cases rising in these low vaccination rate states, uh, in most cases, the vaccination rates in those states is actually increasing. For example, in Louisiana over the past couple of weeks, their vaccination rate has increased by about 300%. Uh, and there are several other states in that region, uh, Arkansas, for example, in Missouri and all of those are right around 200, 250% increase, um, in the number of daily vaccinations. Beyond that as well, children ages 12 to 17 are getting vaccinated at a higher rate as the number of children in that age group being vaccinated per day has increased by 50% over the past two weeks. Lately, more vaccination mandates have been going into place. Last week, we saw a vaccine mandate uh, being put into place by the Department of Veterans Affairs. Uh, beyond that, the president had asked the Department of Defense to figure out a plan for when and how they're going to get their uh, department employees vaccinated and the members of the military vaccinated. Beyond that, there are vaccine mandates uh, being put into place across the federal government for uh, civilian government workers. Beyond that, 
vaccine mandates are starting to pop up across different businesses and different companies. For example, we've been seeing vaccine mandates uh, being put into place by Google, Disney, Walmart, uh, Tyson Foods, and several others as well. But that is the end of our COVID-19 update for this week. Now we move on to evictions. A group of landlords and real estate companies want to put a stop to the eviction moratorium extension that we discussed in Friday's show. The group filed an emergency petition with a federal judge in Washington, D.C., We warned you of this on Friday when Chris said, and I quote, This move is controversial and will be challenged in court. So, what does this mean for the millions of renters across the country that are relying on this moratorium? Well, there's a very good chance that the federal judge hearing this case will rule against the Biden administration and say the moratorium is invalid. It will then most likely move through the court system and could find its way back in front of the Supreme Court. As we spoke about back in late June, the high courts heard this case and the final vote was 5-4 with Justice Kavanaugh voting to preserve it. But in his opinion, he said he actually agreed with the plaintiff that the CDC overstepped its authority to put the moratorium in place to begin with, but he said at the time he didn't see the need to put an end to it since it was scheduled to end on July 31st anyway. But last week, as you know, under the urging of President Biden, the CDC expanded the moratorium until October 3rd. So if you are one of these renters, what should you do? Well, you should probably go to treasury.gov and apply for the nearly $50 billion that is available for rental assistance. It is very possible that this moratorium will be going away sooner rather than later, so you're going to want to take advantage of that while it is still available to you. Now, staying in kind of the same region of talk, we have some news about student loans uh, and what that will look like moving forward. Uh, There has been a student loan forbearance put into place. Now, mind you, again, I say this is a forbearance, not forgiveness. This forbearance will affect about 41 million Americans who have a federally backed student loan. This is probably going to help you. The Department of Education extended the student loan forbearance program and held the interest rate at zero until January 31st of 2022. The program was originally set to expire on September 30th. So if you've been included in the forbearance program up until this point, you don't have to do anything. The Department of Education says that they will automatically extend your eligibility. You need to understand that this is not student loan forgiveness, as I said before. You will still owe all of this money back when January rolls around. This does not apply to private student loans you may have. This is for federally backed loans only, described by the rules on the Department of Education's website. 
and they say that this will be the last extension of the forbearance. And while we're on the subject of student loans, there is currently no real movement in Congress to pass a bill for student loan forgiveness. Now, that doesn't mean that it won't ever happen, it just means that it's not happening right now. Now, moving on, we have some more news about the situation surrounding New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. As on Saturday, the Albany County Sheriff's Office said that they have met with one of Governor Cuomo's accusers. The Sheriff's Office says that they could soon be consulting with the District Attorney over possible criminal charges. It would probably be a misdemeanor, um, possibly a couple. On Saturday, Sheriff Craig Apples said that his investigators met with the woman identified as Executive Assistant Number 1. She is one of the 11 women found by an investigation from the office of the New York Attorney General to be sexually harassed by New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. She claims that Cuomo groped her under her blouse in the governor's mansion. I have a young lady that came in who was alleging that she was victimized and we're going to do everything in our powers to help her. Governor Cuomo continues to deny all allegations. His attorney, Rita Glavin, calls the case bias. Legal experts say that the victim's word is enough to keep an investigation moving. Sheriff Craig Apple, who was elected in 2011, says he will treat this investigation like any other. And throughout all of this, Governor Cuomo has been losing support very quickly. Uh, We have been covering this story very closely over on Medium. Currently, we have three different articles Uh, giving details about the situation as it unfolds. So jump over there to get more information about all of that. Now an update on the justice being put into action um, against those who attacked the Capitol on January 6th. On January 6th, Scott Fairlam is seen in camo gear and was right in the middle of the group storming the Capitol. He was verbally assaulting officers and even hit one on the head. He later said that he didn't assault officers, he was trying to help them. Investigators alleged that Fairlam was a criminal, and that this is not the first time that he has gotten in trouble with the law. They highlighted his days as a mixed martial arts fighter with the name of Wildman. As of today, investigators have arrested more than 500 people involved in the insurrection, including an increasing number of people who assaulted officers. Fairlam pleaded guilty in court on Friday along with 28-year-old Devlin Thompson, These two are the first to plead guilty to assaulting police on January 6th. Fairlam will be sentenced in late September. And experts say that we will be seeing more and more of this uh, as we move forward, all the way up until we get to uh, those that organized the attack to begin with. But that is what we have for the main news segment. Now we move into rapid news. And Amazon is now requiring 
their employees to mask up regardless of their vaccination status. And as the Olympics came to a close, the United States came home with 39 medals in total. And for more information about that, uh, check my article that will be coming out later today. Now we get into good news. So this morning, we just have a straight up heartwarming story. Two years ago, a family in Wisconsin had lost their dog. Uh, The dog had originally been bought for the 12-year-old daughter in the family. And they became very close, and they had an amazing bond, and the dog had an amazing bond with the entire family. Uh, It was a full-on family member to them, and unfortunately, they lost the dog. But then, that wasn't the end of their story. Two years later... Just recently, a man only identified as Dwight uh, woke up to Fox News 6, and he saw his dog on there. He saw his dog in a news segment uh, on the station and immediately called the station. They got him in contact with the people who... We're currently uh, keeping the dog sheltered and keeping the dog safe. And he was reunited with the family. Now, this story is especially... It's kind of interesting. The the one kind of interesting part about this especially is the fact that uh, in a statement, Dwight said that he normally doesn't fall asleep with the TV on. He normally turns it off before he falls asleep. But evidently, he forgot to shut it off. He was tired enough to the point where he fell asleep with it on. And just by chance, he woke up and, you know, to a picture of his dog on the screen. And so the dog made it home. The family was reunited. uh, And (laughs) you can tell in the video that he definitely missed them, uh, you know, just as much as they missed him. So... Like I said, just a straight-up heartwarming story of family members being reunited. Because that's not just a pet. That's not just a pet. You know, if you have pets, you know, if you're listening to this and you have pets, you know uh, how much of a bond can be created between, uh, you know, us and our and our pets, us and our animals. And... It, it reaches a point a lot of the time where they're not just our pets. They're not, they're not just our pets anymore. They become full-on family members. They're part of us. They're part of our family. They're part of the family bond and the family dynamic. And when you lose that, especially for an extended period of time, that can be a huge blow. You know, that can be a huge blow uh, you know, cause it's tough. Cause it's, again, it's like losing a member of your family just out of the blue. So for them to be reunited two years later, um, and for that connection to just immediately, uh, come back into place, you know, fall back into place. It's wonderful to see, puts a smile on your face and it makes me miss my cat, which I will be seeing, um, later tomorrow from the point of recording this episode. So (laughs) that is it for this morning's episode of blind boys politics. And we will be back on Wednesday for another dumb law. And we'll be back on Friday 
for another news roundup. But in the meantime, make sure to jump over to Twitter and follow us at Blind Boy Politic, where you will get all the latest news, all the breaking news, and all the latest updates for the major stories going around. And make sure to follow us on our personal accounts. Um, it's always interesting over there. You know, there's always interesting uh, dialogue and interesting conversation going on over there. Sometimes it gets quiet, but we like to entertain. So <laughs> you definitely see some stuff over there. Uh, it's a lot of fun. So jump over there. Give us a follow if you're interested in that. And make sure to jump over to Medium, where we write articles about topics that we don't typically talk about here on the podcast. It's all different. It's all new. Uh it's an entirely different injection of news. So make sure to go over there and read some of those if you are interested. But that is it from me this morning, you guys. I will see you on Wednesday. Chris will be back, like I said. So he will see you then. I will see you then. Have an amazing Monday, everyone. See you later. <laughs>